I started to cry because it validated what I felt within my soul. It validated everything about the germ theory and the terrain theory, that the germ theory is not a valid theory. It is not a foundation for medicine, which it is now, but it shouldn't be. And and so, you know, I, I had that experience. Uh, I am so grateful for it, uh, but I just want everyone to know about it. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. Welcome back to the Vibe Show. You know, I just have to pinch myself sometimes with my job that um, decades after my life was changed by uh, someone's work that influenced my thinking really radically and helped me raise four children to adulthood without a single antibiotic, for instance, then I get to meet them on this show. And so I'm very excited to introduce to you Dr. Robert O. Young. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. So I was looking through your bio, which is, I think maybe Bruce Lipton might be in the running with you for the most books published. How many now? 52? I have uh, 3,000 articles, over 300 uh, peer-reviewed. I have um, uh, over 75, 80 books. I don't know. I stopped counting. Well, Absolutely amazing, your body of work, and the fact that when a lot of people are kicking back in an easy chair, you're right now doing some of the most meaningful work of your life. It was really Mm. great to see you jump in, weigh in, do a bunch of testing on these vials of the fake vaccine. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing that. And I kind of want to See if we can talk about your original work that was so powerful to me as a young mother. Mm -hmm. I was looking through your books and then also talk about all the COVID stuff that is on everybody's mind. This show in March of 2020 took a hard, hard left and we went all things virus and vaccine. So I was looking through your books and I was like, okay, which of these are on my shelves? Sick Mm -hmm. and tired for sure. Back to the house of health. For mm-hmm. sure. The pH miracle. And then that did so well all over the world that you did some more pH miracle books. Um, but I'm trying to find the one. What I'd like to start with is it was you I learned about uh, germ theory versus terrain theory and the the mm-hmm. fight between the theories of Louis Pasteur and uh, Antoine Béchamp. I learned that from you a quarter of a century ago. And it absolutely influenced how um, mm-hmm. I raised four children. And so, which book was that? Well, you're, you're talking about chapter one of uh, uh, a chapter called The Lost, uh, the chapter in the history of biology. And uh, so that really goes into uh, speaking to some giants who I stand on, which would be Antoine Béchamp, uh, Dr. Gunther Enderlin, uh, Dr. Marie Blecker, my professor, at, uh, who was a protege of Dr. Gunther Enderlin, who got me straightened out about the germ theory. And then on top of that was Dr. Livingston Wheeler and uh, uh, 
another Gaston Lesans, a Canadian biologist. And, and of course, Royal Rife influenced me quite a bit as well. Uh, so as, as, as well as Dr. Royal uh, and his work. Uh, so I, I've had many, uh, you know, incredible teachers that have led me uh, along the way. And so this lost uh, chapter in the history of biology is in the book, Sick and Tired. Sick and Tired. Okay, so, you know, I in fact, I have it right here. Uh, uh, you can see it. This is the book, Sick and Tired. And I was looking at it the other day, and I, I'm going, I'm sure glad I wrote this when I wrote it, because it dates back to the late 80s, early 90s. And, and, and things have not changed. In fact, they've actually gotten worse as it relates to how emphatic those who have bought in and those who are profiting off this particular theory, which has never been proven, that germs cause disease, uh, that uh, I had written about it uh, over 40-plus years ago. And, and in my travels, uh, probably the most significant thing that happened to me that brought me to tears was my experience in 1994 where I was in Houston, Texas, looking at live blood using optical microscopy under phase contrast, uh, a 21 year old woman with type one diabetes taking copious amounts of insulin in order to keep up with their Starbucks coffee and, and McDonald's hamburgers. Uh, that she gave me a gift, and the gift was to literally see blood in real time going through biological transformation and literally giving birth to rod bacterial forms right out of the red blood cells. And it just so happened, I wasn't expecting it. I had my uh, cam camera on. I was actually videotaping the blood when all this happened literally seeing the morphology, just literally the morph of a red blood cell into a anatomically anthrax bacteria. Wow. And at that particular time, you know, I was a student of Enderlin and uh, uh, through the Enderlin Institute in Germany. Uh, and they were teaching this to us, but they were still in, kind of engrossed into the germ theory as disease causing. Uh, but they realized that there was some morphine or what is called pleomorphism, which means many formism and changes that were taking place. So that happened in 1994. In 1996, as, as I was sharing this work, uh, someone came up to me and said, have you heard of the, um, uh, French scientist and medical doctor Antoine Béchamp. And I, this is 1996, and I said, who's he? I said, you got to be kidding me. You don't know Antoine Béchamp? I said, no, I, I don't. But you're talking about biological transformation. I mean, he's, he's the father of pleomorphism. He's the father, and he's French. Well, it was in 1999, I was able to go to France, go to Paris, go to the University of Paris 
School of Medicine, go to the library and have one of the most spiritual experiences of my life. And when I, I, I went there unannounced, I, I just said, okay, I've got to do this. And, uh, you know, I mean, everything was just as I pictured, the, the large doorways, the marble steps uh, up to this library that was imprisoned. The books were imprisoned by bars and you had to come up and literally speak to someone saying, I would like to go into the library uh, and look for some books. And I, what I was looking for was the work of Antoine Béchamp. And I said, no, we can't let you in. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I've come all the way from the United States. And I don't know for sure, but I have very strong impressions that his work is here and it's in the archives. And I, I need to get to it. And it didn't matter how I changed the story or how desperate I might have sounded to this woman, you know, you know, who understood English because I wasn't speaking French. And this went on for one hour. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I got to a point where I, I was being told, come on, let's go. You know, you're not getting in. And just accept the fact that you're not going to have this opportunity to check this out. And I resisted that. I resisted that. And I resisted that. I said, no, I feel it in my soul that I'm supposed to be here and that his work is here and that I need to be persistent about that. And, and, and so I got to a point where I was listening to other voices. Let's go. You know, you're not going to get in. When I decided that it was time to go, I turned around. And as I turned around and took one step, a large Frenchman coming up the stairs, looking down at me, and I'm looking up at him, said, may I be assistance to you? And I said, yes, I need your help. I, I'm, I'm looking for the work of Antoine Béchamp. Oh, Antoine Béchamp. Yes, I, I know, uh, heard of him and know his work. And let me see what I can do. So it was he that took me by the hand, got me a pass to go in, and literally helped me because at that time, everything wasn't uh, digital. I mean, it's not like you get on the computer and find this. I had to go to the file card, pull open the tray, and look for him. And he helped me find 27 uh, publications. And from that, I took the, uh, I was able to take the, the, uh, the microfish, but they would only allow me to see three books. Out of 27, which ones do you choose? Are these three books um, by Belchamp or about him? No, these are, he's the author, it's his authorship, 27 gotcha. books. Uh, and I said, I looked at all of them, I said, I'm impressed, I need these books. And one of them was called Lace Microzymas. And it took several hours because they went down in an elevator and pulled the original manuscript. 
I can't believe they did this. This is 1999. And they brought the books to me. Uh, and, you know, I could go on and tell the story. I'm going to cut it short. But, but when I saw that book, you know, and I held it in my hand, I knew it was something special, very special. I'm imagining and it covered with dust. Like you're the first one who's read it in 150 years or something. That book hadn't seen the light of day for over 100 years. Oh, my goodness. So they didn't even ask me to put gloves on. But, but what happened, because I, was, I felt like a voice in the wilderness talking about pleomorphism, talking about matter, how it organizes and disorganizes, how it, it changes based upon its environment, what it's found. And I turned to the back, and in the back of this book are the hand-drawn pictures, and I could see Bechamp looking under his microscope. Oh, it was a stereo microscope. <laughs> looking under his microscope, you know, and drawing with his own hand what he was seeing and what he described in all of these pictorials of what he was looking at was exactly what I saw in 1994. We're wow. talking about a hundred years later. Fascinating. I, started to, I, start, it I started to cry because it validated it validated what I felt within my soul. It validated everything about the germ theory and the terrain theory, that the germ theory is not a valid theory. It is not a foundation for medicine, which it is now, but it shouldn't be. And, and so, you know, I, I had that experience. Uh, I am so grateful for it, uh, but I just want, everyone to know about it because lace microzymas has impassioned me as tesla was impassioned to express the truth when there is so much fallacy under this guy's this theoretical you know computer generated theory of of uh, virology which you which i classify as a religion not a uh, not a science or cult yeah a religion and maybe a cult and i'm actually realizing that right now in the 2020 to 2022 era the maybe the reason that you and i saw this for what it was so quickly 2 years ago is that we've been screaming out trying to wake people up to the beliefs of the cult for a long time. And so we were able to recognize it, whereas other people have not yet exercised those muscles of seeing in what the, the media is saying and in what the captured government agencies are saying, which are controlled by the wealthiest, most successful industry in the history of the world, big pharma, whatever you want to call it. We already like had done that for a long time. And so I'm realizing that you had this experience a hundred years later, where it probably almost felt just cosmic or divine that you were able to pick up this old, old thread. And I think the reason I, I need to back up for our audience just a little bit, because if you guys didn't listen to my germ theory versus terrain theory for dummies, 
uh, monologue. It was just me in the episode saying, hey, it's more important than ever that you understand this. And if I encapsulate it down to, I'm really good at dumbing things down. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm going to understand the science so that I can talk to a lay audience about it. So I'm going to put this as succinctly as I think it can be put. And that is germ theory of disease, which has made billions and billions of dollars on our backs and at the expense of our health for big pharma and the medical industrial complex is based on the concept that there are germs and you better run or they're going to get you and they're going to kill you. And so you need to nuke them with all kinds of chemicals or you're going to die. Whereas terrain theory is you host the terrain and you are vulnerable or not vulnerable to illnesses based on whether your inner terrain is balanced and healthy and a a bit alkaline. I learned that from you. I actually, my first live blood analysis was by someone trained by you. I'm it's like, it's all coming back to me now, actually how many ways that your work has impacted my life. But so that's the basis you guys, it's, it's germ theory versus terrain theory. And it's never been more important and more critical to our health and our very lives than it is right here in 2022. And I guess that I woke up to that a quarter of a century ago and it changed everything about how I operate in terms of decisions that I make for my health and and the family that I would go on to raise. So have you thought about that? The fact that you saw this in the very beginning because you already understood terrain theory is where it's at, not germ theory. I mean, germ theory is super tempting to people, right? It's super tempting for people to go, oh, there's this germ. It got in me. And if I eat this pill, then I'll get rid of the germ and I'm I'm good to go again. And I see almost everyone buying into that. I even see that functional medicine, Dr. Young, seems to be hijacked by the same thinking. Functional medicine you know, I have, I have somebody who's followed me for 15 years who wrote me and said, I have cancer, wondering if you could point me in different directions. My functional medicine doctor just prescribed a bunch of supplements and I'm like, that's because that's how they make a living. Like that's how they pay the rent. That's how they pay their employees. That's how they make money is the commission they get on the supplements, but you don't, you know, it's, supplements are supplemental, right? So you still have to do the work. You still have to bring down your toxic body burden. You still have to get your body into homeostasis. You still have to change the food you eat. That was a tough one for me when I learned from you that I needed to alkalize my body. Um, So what do you have to say about what it was like for you in 2022 when this came on? And then the last two years, I mean, you were already really well-versed in trying to speak up against the cult. Am I wrong? Well, for me, it's it's it. Uh, it was baptism by fire in 1983. We we take you back to the scene, which is San Francisco, and the same characters of of Bob Gallo and uh, Fauci are involved. And the disease is is another fabrication. It's not. It's another uh, directed, you know, you know, narrative uh, for intended purposes. Uh, not to heal, uh, you know, but to to cause to cause injury and harm, and and the disease is HIV. So the names change; they can go from HIV to uh, Ebola to COVID one, COVID two, whatever you know, numerical number they want to put after it. But the, it's all the same 
situation. And, and, and if you understand that germs do not, and germs are endogenously created, in other words, they're created within us and from us based on the environment. And the best way to understand that is, is, is the food that you preserve in your refrigerator is a controlled environment. It's a, an environmental terrain. And if the temperature is not correct, if, you, if the fridge goes off, what will happen to all the food in your refrigerator? It will be, it'll spoil. So it's, and that spoiling has a domino effect. And so when you understand you don't get old, you mold, is no different than what happens in the refrigerator if you pull the plug. If you change the environment, matter can only adapt to that environmental change. So the matter in itself will, cannot be created. It only can change its former function. That's a law of physics. So when I wrote the book, The PH Miracle, uh, I really shared you know, a, very, uh, a metaphor that helped people understand you know, the difference between the germ theory or the terrain theory. And the terrain theory is environmental. And I know all of you understand, or at least to a certain degree understand, uh, acid rain or uh, global warming. And global warming uh, relates specifically to toxins, both gases and, and metallics, uh, organics and non-organics, uh, non like carbon monoxide, for example, that's coming from cars or from industry, like hydrogen arsenic or titanium dioxide. We know about air pollution. We've seen air pollution. If you've ever been up to Snowbird and looked in Utah and looked out over into the valley, into the valley, uh, you'll actually see a soup of air pollution. And you go, wow, I live in that area, Salt Lake City? It's a bowl, and it holds all of these toxins that are coming from animals, coming from factories, coming from cars. That's the environment. So when you're looking at it contextually, you understand it. But what about the global internal environment? What about global warming that's happening inside your body? And so the metaphor was very simple, and it starts out with a question. And it's a question you answer. It's not a rhetorical, it could be a rhetorical question, but the question is this. If you have a fishbowl or if you have a saltwater aquarium, if the fish is sick, what do you do? Do you vaccinate the fish? Do you treat the fish? Do you drug the fish? Or do you change the environment which it lives in? And if you ask any child this question, if the fish is sick, Johnny, Jill, whatever the child's name is, what should we do? Should we vaccinate the fish or should we change the water? Should we treat the fish, do surgery, medications? They'll always say, without being educated beyond their intelligence, because they have none of that dogma that has impregnated their minds. They will say 100% of the time, well, let's just change the water because the fish is only as healthy as the water it swims in. Now, we know we're putting 
tons of pollutants into the ocean and dumping human and animal waste there. We know that, you know, these cruise ships are dumping off the back as well. And then we know that it's causing, you know, changes within that environment and it's harming the marine life. We know that off the coast of Australia, that there is a decalcification of the coral reefs. Why? The why? Because the pH or the biochemistry of the ocean is being altered by acidic, toxic pollutants. And if it doesn't change, and that, that P, the ideal pH of the ocean is 8.4. It's already down to 8.3. If it goes to 8.1, all the fish go into a coma. If it goes, to be, be, if it goes below 8, everything in the ocean dies. And this is from acid rain. Another example of this, if you go to the forests of Denali in Alaska, and I was there, you'll see the devastation of acid rain. All you see is sticks and branches of trees because all of their pine needles, all of their leaves are gone from acid rain. Now, so when someone's thinking about their internal environment, the glands, the organs, those organs and glands are only as healthy as the fluids that they're surrounded with. And there's a name to those fluids. The name of those fluids is called interstitial fluid. Medical doctors don't test it. They don't do biochemistry of interstitial fluid, but it represents 80% of 100% of what is called the extracellular fluids. The fluids they do test are the vascular fluids. You know, you go into your doctor, they do a blood draw, you know, they do centrifuge, they do isolations, they do chemi chemistries, and they do blood tests. They do blood counts, hemoglobin, you know, red blood count, white blood. <laughs> really? So what is happening is diagnostics is basing these conditions, which are symptoms of cellular breakdown, okay, on 20% of the information. But when you realize that the blood has to stay at 7.365 and it drops to 7.1, you go into a coma and at 6.9, you're dead. What does the blood do? It pushes all of the waste from air pollution, from water pollution, from food pollution, from thought pollution, from electrical magnetic pollution, from emotional pollution, right? What you think, what you eat, what you drink. Guess where that all gets pushed out to? To this 80%, this large body of water that surrounds every cell in the human body and affects its membrane and its 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 apparatus, its nuclei, what have you. You see, people don't even know about it. Doctors don't test for it. And so that information is missing. It's huge. This is not a small thing. We're talking about 80% of the extracellular fluids is not even being considered when the blood and the, and the intracellular fluids of the cells are literally pushing their metabolic waste or pushing the dietary waste or pushing the respiratory waste or wherever the waste or even environmental waste out in this. And if it doesn't go out, you know where it goes? 
it goes to a woman's breast. It goes to a man's, uh, you know, fatty prostate. tissues. Goes to the prostate. It literally gets pushed out to the extremities. It goes to the feet. It goes to the hands. It goes to the brain. The body organ, the largest organ of the human body, I'm going to say this, the largest organ of the human body is not the skin. The largest organ of the human body is called the interstitium in Germany when I was studying under Professor Marie Blecker, a protege of Dr. Enderlin, where I learned biological transformations and pleomorphism and optical microscopy and dark field and phase contrast in the 80s. They taught me about the colloidal connective tissue of the shod, which is the interstitial fluids that surround every cell. That's where things, that's where disease is born. Disease is born by a compromised environment. And so if you inject, you know, that's going to affect. If you inject, it affects. What does it affect? It affects these body fluids. So this is very important discussion and very, very important people understand. Even when the blood pH is not being altered, when you go to the doctor, you have a urine sample test, and they have a range of normal between 5.5 pH on a scale of 0 to 14 from 5.5 to 8. When you know exponentially, that's to the power of 10, how big is that swing? From 5 to 6 to 7 to 8, four times to the power of 10. So that's 10, 100, 1,000. 10,000 times. So what's acceptable, if you have a pH of 5.5 or 5, that is anywhere from uh, 10,000 times to 25,000 times more toxic than what is normal. And what is normal for the ocean? It is 8.4. And what is normal for the interstitial fluids, which is our body ocean, is 8.4. So you can't necessarily draw interstitial fluid and test it directly, but is the live blood analysis what no. you really want to look at? No, you can. You can do this in your home. You can literally control, just like you, if you had a saltwater aquarium with saltwater fish, you would, or a swimming pool. You test it, right? And if the pH is off, you adjust it, right? Because the pH is everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not even being measured. Okay, so how do you test in the privacy of your home and become your own doctor? Because now you know more than your doctor. And if you want to know the actual quantitative data that's being published, a colleague of mine published this information in a peer-reviewed journal in 2015. And the article uh, is called, it's right here, it's called Alkalizing Nutritional Therapy and the Prevention and Reversal of any cancerous condition. And in there, we printed, we printed the normal biochemistry of the interstitial fluids. So look, that's a technical paper, but let's keep it simple, right? How can I, when I say I, how can you know this information when you can't get it from the hospital, you can't get it from any any doctor, unless you're a NASA astronaut, 
or a Russian cosmonaut that is testing the effects of all the body fluids. How can I do this myself? This is it. If you understand that the interstitial fluids pushes this out, this, these toxins out in, in, in these fluids, push it out through the, through the pores of the skin, sweat is interstitial fluid, number one. Number two, when you urinate, urine is interstitial fluid. So when you test your urine using pH strips and your pH is below ideal, which is a minimum, seven, my range is 7.2 to 9, not 5.4 or 5 to 8. 7.2 is the minimum, okay? But if you're healing or trying to restore life, that pH is 8.4, okay? And it can go clear up to 9. Now we're talking about a swing from five, someone who's sick, who's going to be in the fives, the 5.5s. If you're having something traumatic, it could even drop even lower. We're not talking about the blood. We're talking about this large body of water that affects every cell. Think of your cells as fish. And that membrane and all of the, the, the nuclei or apparatuses within that cell are affected by what it's swimming in. That's the metaphor. So when you test the urine, you know, you get a reading. Okay, now what you're going to find, if you have any symptomology that is below 7.2, you're in the sixes or you're in the fives. It could be irritation. It could be inflammation. It could be induration. It could be ulceration. It could be degeneration. What do you do about it? And why isn't the body taking care of this? Well, it's trying to. You may not be exercising, therefore you're not sweating. You know, you're not, you may not be drinking enough uh, pH-sensitive water, alkaline water, so you're not urinating enough, okay? So you're dehydrated. What do you do? Well, there's, there's this organ in the body, and it is the manager of all the body fluids. In fact, it's its main purpose, is to manage and maintain the alkaline design of the blood, interstitial, and intracellular fluids. So when you have a pH low, as low like this, if it doesn't come out, because a pH of body fluids is like the ebbs and tides of an ocean. So at 3 o'clock is the most, p.m. is the most alkaline time of the day, and 3 a.m. in the morning is the most acidic. That's why people have to get up at night because they're trying to get rid of the pee so they don't, the body's trying to get rid of the acids so you don't die in your sleep. It's trying to save your life. That's why people have to get up all the time. So Shouldn't we, shouldn't we feel best at 3 p.m. then? If our no. body's the most alkaline? No? No. I've t- generally, 99.9% of the people have urine below the minimum, 7.2. And at 3 p.m., it's probably in the hole. It's down in the six and the sixes and fives. So no, when people eliminate, they're eliminating their waste. And some of it you can actually see in, in particulates that might be coming out. And that's why they they measure the protein when they're doing urine samples to test if there's any microbial activity. Because in urine, the body's going to get rid of any cellular fragments 
by whatever name you want to call this. Okay. And these are the things that are being measured by this, uh, this uh, PCR test. Genetic material that is broken, fragmented nucleotides coming from your own body cells and then attaching a name to that as if there's some sort of infection. There is no infection, folks. There is outfection. Outfection is the truth. Infection is the lie. Outfection means the disease is born in us and from us, and germs are born in us and from us. And the germs that we're seeing in the body fluids is from cellular transformation. So what do you do? This organ, what does it do? Do you know what organ that is responsible for providing the alkalinity of all of our body and provides true immunity? This organ is the organ responsible for providing immunity and protection to all of ourselves. You can ask your doctor this. He doesn't even know either. The stomach. Hmm. You know what it does every second, every minute, every day, every week, every month, every year of your life? It produces it a compound. acids. It provides, it provides a compound out of salt, water, and carbon dioxide. 90% of the carbon dioxide when you're exercising is used by the stomach to produce sodium bicarbonate that's then secreted into the blood, then in the interstitial fluids to neutralize the lactic acid of metabolism. In 1918, my associate and I announced the cause and the cure for cancer. The cause is lactic acid. And we did this in London, England at the International Con Conference on, uh, on Oncology and Cancer Therapy. Lactic acid, you know what the second one is? Shock you. Is citric is acid, vitamin C, citric acid. Lactic acid and citric acid are the two main acids that are produced by the human body when cells are breaking down. Medical are science. The, are they the cause though? Oh, absolutely. They see that's lactic acid. What do you feel when you have buildup of lactic acid? Sore. What's a symptom? What's inflammation, right? What's mm -hmm. causing that? A virus? What causes what would cause if the lactic acid was maintained in the interstitial fluids around your, your muscle cells? What would happen to the muscles? They would become inflamed. Well, you already got the inflammation. No, they'll become, they'll literally break down, dissolve, mutate. It's all about the environment, folks. This germ theory is so false, but contains an element of truth, and therefore people believe it. Because there's nothing so false that does not contain some element of truth. And so it is with the germ theory. The terrain theory is not just about the blood. It's about all the body fluids and specifically the largest organ of the body and the stomach, which is protecting those fluids to producing something that in 1918, those who did this protected themselves, did not have symptoms, and did not die in the Spanish flu, you know, so-called pandemic. Baking soda, sodium bicarbonate. NaHCO3. You know what the waste product of sodium bicarbonate is when the body produces it? And it causes the number one disease 
or disease in the human body throughout all humanity. It's called an upset stomach. And you can look up the pathology of an upset stomach. It's never been described until I described it in one of my papers. For every molecule of sodium bicarbonate produced by the stomach to maintain alkalinity, even alkalizing your food because the stomach does not digest food. If you eat something and you don't liquefy it with your teeth, it'll come out the same way it went in. It doesn't digest in the stomach. It doesn't digest in the small intestine. It doesn't digest in the large intestine. And it comes out as peanuts, corn, you know, half, you know, baked, whatever you ate comes out and you can see it in the feces. This whole theory about the stomach is one of the biggest scientific breakthrough of my career. And even bigger, I believe, other than what I learned in 1994 and the terrain theory is understanding the biochemistry of the interstitial fluids and the urine pH and ideal pHs because the body only scars or heals. And the reason why we have scars when we heal is because it's pH sensitive. So anybody in an acidic state will scar. Anybody that's managing and maintaining pH at 8.4 to 9 will regenerate. No more wrinkles, no more scars, no more organs. And so the experiments that the Nobel Prize winner, Alexis Carell, when he received the Nobel Prize, when he announced that he had the knowledge to keep cells alive indefinitely. And he did, he demonstrated that an experiment 20 years keeping a chicken heart alive. He is the father of modern day transplantation, able to preserve that through managing and maintaining an alkaline design and changing the fluids every 72 hours to allow cells to live in that particular state because nothing dies, it only changes. So this is, this is interesting because last night I just did uh, a live for my, we have a thousand detoxers who just started with us in January. So my goal is to support more people in doing a very comprehensive detox than anybody in history. And I'm at 18,000 now. I don't, I don't know where the, where the world's record is, but that's my goal. And now we've got like 200 million people in this country who got the injections. And so I've many times done many experiments. I've gone to an ashram and done a water fast for 12 days. I've done that multiple times. I've done 20 day juice fast and I've done our 26 day detox. We've been detoxing people for eight years now. And then I I got myself well after a, a vaccine injury, you know, like 25 years ago when I was in grad school. And I was telling the audience last night that when that I, I've actually measured my pH, urine and saliva and seen it shift in a period of, let's say for three weeks, I eat entirely plant-based, whole foods, low fat, no animal products, no coffee, no alcohol, no sugar, no flour. And I'll see my live blood analysis go to being completely textbook, beautiful blood um, with my white blood cells, my red blood cells, the interstitial fluids around them looking spectacular. I've also seen my pH shift in a matter of days, and especially if I give it a full three weeks, to exactly the higher pH that it's supposed to be. You say that 99% of us are low. 
But you were talking about we're either scarring or we're healing. I was telling everybody last night that I used to have a tumor this size, like the size of a golf ball underneath my arm. I got it when I was 12 years old. Don't know why. Probably because I was on antibiotics all the time. 12-year-old with a tumor. And I went to my mom in a panic and said, I have a tumor. And my mom was like, don't be ridiculous. But she must have been a little bit worried. She took me to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, you have a tumor. And he said, it's not cancerous right now, but just keep an eye on it and you know, go get medical attention if it becomes anything but this fatty tumor. So I have that. I have a big size of a quarter smallpox scar. I was one of the last people vaccinated for smallpox. Um, my husband has some too, some different scars and things like that. Well, I, if I go do our 26 day detox, like my smallpox scar disappeared the first time I did it, that fatty tumor disappeared the first time I did it. My husband has a burn that he's had since he was 12 years old on his, on his abdomen where he would like break in grease or something. And it, 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 the body like metabolized it. And I think because it was at that higher pH where if you're either always scarring or always healing are we just healing or is that autophagy, like the body going after aberrant growths or how do you explain that? So regenerating, regenerating is a product of blood because all body cells are made from blood and the quality of the blood determines the quality of the cell and the environment which it is found. Therefore, if you have unhealthy blood and the main primary stem cell, which is the red blood cell, the red blood cells become muscles, they become bones. And so when you're looking under optical microscopy at live blood, that is unstained, you're actually looking at the anatomical structures of these cells. They should be round and symmetrical, even in color, even in shape, even in size, and not attacked, and not attached together. This is not what happens once one is inoculated or once one is eating an acidic diet. These poisons go into the, into the blood, get deposited into the interstitium, which affects the quality of the cell membranes, quality of the blood and the quality of the cell membranes. And if the environment is not conducive, it's not clean, you know, uh, even if you're taking supplements, if you're taking probiotics, if you're taking enzymes, if you're, you're using vinegar, if you're using uh, fermented foods, if you're eating mushrooms, these all compromise the integrity of the cell and its environment. You don't build blood, healthy blood, from just veg vegetables and fruits. You build them out of green vegetables and alkalizing fruit that uh, will pretty much fall in, in, in what I call the seven doctors or the, or the seven categories. I call it the COWS program, C-O-W-S, chlorophyll, clay, oil, oxygen, water, salt, sunshine, and exercise or exercise. So, so these are the seven doctors that you hire and you fire everybody else. Say that and again, the COWS. COWS stands for chlorophyll, oil, water, and salt. These are the four food groups that you have to focus on in order to restore the alkaline design of the body fluids and start building healthy blood. Blood is made from, from chlorophyll, oil, water, and salt. We know this because we've quantified it. We know what, about what the oil part? What about the oil, the oil part? Because... The, oil, the oil part has to be uh, from unsaturated, polyunsaturated oils, pressed oils, organic oils, in order to build the lipid membranes that make up every stem cell. So stem cells become, in, are, and this is the other confusion, stem cells are not made in the bone marrow. That's only if you're starving to death. 
Stem cells are made in the crypts of the intestinal uh, tract, the small intestine, and in the crypts of the in, uh, in between the intestinal villi, where liquid food at a pH of 8.4 transforms into embryonic stem cells that become the erythroblast and then the erythrocyte. As the blood circulates to various areas of the body, that's where it's attracted by electromagnetic uh, stress. Or, or its opposite polarity. So if you're, putting, you're stressing a bicep because you want to build a bicep, blood will flow there. If you're doing static contraction exercise, blood flows there, it pools, it differentiates into new muscle cell. Muscles made from bone is all made from blood. So it's, it's, not, it's not health in the bones. Uh, it's not uh, health in the bones. It's, it's, it's health in the navel marrow to the bones. Marrow is created out of blood. It's it's. I mean, the science is perfect, even on 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 a spiritual level. You know, from the ancients who wrote, "Health in the navel, marrow to the bones, strength in the loins and the sinews." This all comes from blood. It's not reverse. It's not coming unless you're starving to death. It's called reverse transformation. You're making blood out of out of uh, liver. You're making blood out of bones. You're making. This is why I don't like uh, just fasting. I like what is called feasting not fasting. Feasting is where everything you put in your mouth has to be green, has to be liquefied, and has to be making an electron contribution. In other words, our bodies don't run on carbohydrates or, or proteins or fats. It runs on electricity. We are electrical beings having a physical experience, but we produce chemical waste. And so a lot of these supplements literally harm the body because they don't understand that the small intestine does not digest anything. In other words, what it does, it transforms liquefied alkaline food into stem cells. And in order to do that, you have to have four of the ingredients, chlorophyll, oil, water, and salt. The reason for chlorophyll or green fruit and vegetables, like broccoli and spinach, like avocados, these foods contain a molecule called chlorophyll. That chlorophyll molecule is identical to hemoglobin, and that is the structure of a red blood cell. Hemoglobin is what is light. It's, it's like, what is the life of a tree, a leaf? It's, it's, it's its chlorophyll molecule. That chlorophyll holds the light, and that transformation of that light is then transferred to us. It is what becomes the new blood the new, the, the new uh, erythrocyte. But that's the key. The focus is the blood. I didn't say that. Hosea said that, for the life of all flesh is the blood. Flesh is blood. And if you're eating flesh, you're eating the blood. So if you're eating chicken, pork, fish, eggs, you're eating blood because flesh is, is made from blood and blood is made from what the animal or human's eating. So to improve the quality of the blood, you have to focus on the four food groups. You literally have to unlearn everything you thought was right. Because this goes beyond the terrain theory. That's just one aspect. It, 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 it goes to salt. And why do we need salt? We need salt to develop a matrix so electrons can be uh, distributed to all the cells. Salt is the main ingredient that is added then with carbon dioxide and water that the stomach uses to produce an alkalizing compound. And when you eat any food, the stomach begins making sodium bicarbonate. And for every molecule of sodium bicarbonate is produced, an equal amount of hydrochloric acid is produced, 
but it is a toxic waste product that falls into the gastric pits, which never touches anything unless you eating highly acidic, and then you end up with the number one dis-ease in the world today, which is acid, an acidic a stomach ache, an acid stomach, acid reflux. And, and, and what are you doing? Well, you take a Alka-Seltzer. What's its main ingredient? You're back to sodium bicarbonate again. So what did the people do in 1918 to protect themselves and to reverse and bring health back to their bodies? They protected themselves by protecting the environment with a compound that's natural, sodium and potassium bicarbonate. And I literally have the books from Arm and Hammer, and I'm not recommending Arm and Hammer. I'm just saying they're the ones that saved people from dying from a fake pandemic called the Spanish flu pandemic, and up to 100 people. This has been re revisited with HIV. And the suffering that's gone on millions of people on, on, on a phantom virus, which does not exist, and I have that in writing from the CDC, they have no isolation, purified isolation of HIV, of Ebola, of Zika, of uh, SARS-CoV, the novel coronavirus. They have nothing other than a story that they're promulgating. So the, how, do the, they, the whole how do they get thousands of virologists all over the world who have terminal degrees and work in the field for decades. And how do they get, what, how do they pull what, the wool over them? Well, you know, as far as what they're doing is they're, they're doing uh, retro science, retro virology, you know, where they're literally creating these concoctions. So they'll take, let's say putrefaction or something and then spin it out and then, and then theoretically purify it using monkey cells or, or fetal cells, and, and all they're doing is making a witch's brew, a concoction, and then they're labeling that based upon something that may be associated, like, for example, the coronavirus, uh, uh, COVID-19, COVID, uh, is similar to, uh, to uh, another coronavirus or to a, 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 the human cell, you know, and yet it's it's like well 70% or 50% or you know it's not it's not 100% it's never 100% because these things have a trillion diversities when they're when they're analyzing this so uh this is where this is where guys like Duisberg got off that train as yeah. a virologist and he wrote the book uh, inventing the aids virus and that's when i got on it because i had lost a, a dear uh uh nephew uh, to the drug that Fauci released, which was AZT that killed millions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Fauci's got blood on his hands since 80, you know, when he when he pretty much took over for uh, Bob Gallo. But Bob Gallo hasn't gone anywhere. He's all behind the scenes. So he's, yeah, he's like... I've, I've been wondering, like, because it's really hard to watch Tony Fauci and think, did you, is this going well for you, sir? And... I always think, well, he thought he was going to get away with it because he did. He pulled the whole AIDS scam on the world and and killed hundreds of thousands of people or was was a, definitely a participant in it and got away with it. And there are people who know what really happened with AIDS. And there are well, people who wrote big, fat books, well-referenced books about it. And Robert Gallo and Tony Fauci have had their enemies for decades now. I mean, Bobby Kennedy's been going at him for years and years and years. I don't know if you've read his book, but he is angry. Well, a friend of mine, uh, Luke Montaner, we, we, uh, last time I saw Luke was in uh, Milan, Italy in 2011. 
And, uh, you know, we were the keynote speakers at a major medical conference in Milan. And I asked asked him how he was doing, what was going on at the University of Paris. So I'm not there anymore. He said, where are I'm in China. I said, well, what are you doing in China? You you have tenure at uh, the University of Paris. Well, I've changed my positions on some things, HIV and AIDS. You know, we're looking at uh, oxidants and protection through antioxidants. And that's what his presentation was on. Uh, mine was on water and the importance of alkalinity and and drinking 9.5 to 10.5, you know, electron-rich, functionally structured, purified water that literally makes a contribution to the body and supports the stomach and its alkaline design. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I'm I on the opposite side. I like this. Yeah, drink with your meals, right? You've heard that one. No, you've heard don't drink with your meals. No, you want to drink with your meals, particularly the right kind of water, it's electron rich to help raise the pH of the of the of that food because if the food doesn't raise up to eight point four, then what happens? You have secretions from from the pancreatic duct, which is sodium bicarbonate, or the or the gallbladder, which is secreting bile, which is a, guess what? At a pH, both of them are at a pH at eight point four, but that is the ideal pH for the for the intestine. Small intestine is eight point four, and. 99.9% of humanity doesn't have this. Why do they have so many gut problems? You know, because you cannot be eating the blood of animals, the flesh of animals, incorporate eggs in there and bacon, you know, without seriously injuring the appendages, which are the root system of your body and creating healthy blood. And so that's that's a challenge. And everybody that has symptomologies, which is everybody, has symptomologies because they think that, you know, well, all I need to do is take a little more acid. So I'll drop these enzymes like protease and amylase and, and lipase, you know, to help break that. No, no, no. All you're doing is creating more problems for the stomach. And, you know, well, we have this microbiome environment in this, in, in the gut. Wait a minute. It's there because of what you're eating. You don't want microbiome. You don't want cell fragments, particularly from animals of genetic material coming from animal sources. You want it from the food. You want it from the plants. And particularly green. That's why I'm wearing green today, because green is the color. And I didn't say that. Our creator said it. For he said, you know, when he when the question was asked by Adam himself, what should we be eating? All green foods shall be for your meat, period. Yeah, well, and and it should be really obvious to us, just like any five-year-old when asked what we sh- should we do about this sick fish, we'll always say, well, let's dump that dirty water out and clean, clean up the tank. Like any five-year-old would say that. Um, yeah. Very, very similar here to how completely obvious the answer to that is. Can I ask you, since everybody wants to, that you're, you've opened a loop here and we got to close it. Should people be stirring yeah. baking soda into their water and drinking it? Should they well, be? Uh, there's a company. I, uh, out there, uh, uh, it's pH Miracle Products, and and many years ago, I developed a product called Four Salts, and it contains sodium, potassium, bicarbonate with magnesium and calcium, and and those are the lesser ingredients, but in ninety percent plus are sodium and potassium bicarbonate. Potassium bicarbonate is, is a better alkalizer than sodium bicarbonate, but but you take one, you take approximately five grams in about four to eight ounces of distilled or alkaline water. In the morning, you take it before you go to bed. And any time that the pH of your urine drops below 7.2, 
So it's very important to understand that you have to manage the internal fluids of the body if you want to improve the quality and the quantity of your life. If you want to survive the toxicity of, of the water, the you know, the electromagnetic frequencies, you have to protect yourself by protecting your internal environment. And so protecting how often the do you test membrane. your urine? Every day. They're all at, at any all, given time? Every day. Every time you pee, you test. Okay. And you keep a and, diary. And do we just get like the urine strips off of wherever on the internet or do you offer them? We offer them, yeah. You can go to, uh, when I say we, I said, you know, I, the, the, this company uh, uh, provides it. It's at phmiracleproducts.com. We'll just uh, put a get, link down below. We'll get the link to the urine strips. If you guys want to test so that you know where yeah. you should be, you're wanting to see your urine be what all day, every day, or is it different? Well, no, it, it is different. There's there's ebbs and tides, but the, the range should be between, uh, you know, seven to nine not five to eight. And ideally, it should be stable, particularly at uh, 3 p.m. in the afternoon at uh, 8.4. But in the morning, you want to wake up with nothing less than 7.2. Anytime, so that's why you take the take it before you go to bed, because that's uh, those are the most acidic times of when you're resting. The body's detoxing, you know. Uh, it's trying to get rid of this waste. And uh, in the morning, you dump it. And of course, the, the the higher the pH, the better. So, if you can keep this up above seven point two, ideally above, uh, ideally around eight point four. And if you have a serious health challenge, uh, you should be above eight point four, even up to nine. Okay, so you want it first thing in the morning to be eight point four or higher, right? So seven point two or higher, ideally okay, eight point four. But when you say the rate that you're you're in should be between seven and nine, not five and eight. All you did there is give me one range, like an, an eight is still between seven and nine. Does that make sense? So those two ranges confuse me. No, like seven, you... 7.2 or greater minimum should be 7.2. That's the least it should be. Okay. But for regeneration and healing during the, the, the flood floods or the, the tides of alkalinity should be above 8.4. But if you have any serious health challenge, it has to be all the time above 8.4. So anytime the pH drops below 8.4, you take one scoop, which is five grams of sodium potassium bicarbonate with magnesium and calcium in a glass of distilled, which is electrically neutral water or alkaline water, uh, so it doesn't react to the, the salt, uh, the sodium bicarbonate, and you drink that morning and night or anytime the pH is not ideal at 8.4. But is there the a range, limit to how many times you can do it? So it's not just a once a day every, thing. Just... Every time you urinate, you test the urine and you and you react to what that is. If it's below the 8.4 for healing and detoxing, you have to take a scoop and take the water and drink it. And you want to keep it up there as much as possible. It's not that difficult to do. You'll find that your body will love you You'll find that it will respond favorably to this. And uh, this is why, you know, this protocol has such an unbelievable success rate when dealing with inflammatory or degenerative conditions. Yeah, I brought a lot of sodium and potassium bicarbonate home from Switzerland. And my um, audience knows that 
I led retreats there for 10 years and now we can't do that anymore. In fact, we in 2020 had to just, we had a sold out three week liver detox retreat, but the the doctors of biological medicine over there are also big fans of shifting your pH higher because the vast majority of us, like 99% are too acidic. And so they had us do the same and I brought it home and my husband would try it and he'd be like, when I use this, my joints don't hurt. And that is really important to him. He's a fighter. And I said, yeah, it's the exact same for me. And that's you actually feeling what acidic feels like and what um, more alkaline feels like. But I do just want to say to everyone, you're also hearing things that are doing the work of being well and eating the green foods. So I was starting to say, it seems really obvious to a five-year-old that you you should just clean the tank. It also should seem really obvious that green foods are supposed to be our lifeblood because we're so, so highly related to the primates and look at what they eat all day, every day to eat green foods. And here you've got people who've gone so far astray that I would say the vast majority of Americans don't eat greens in a week. Now I'm the green smoothie girl. You probably don't know who I am from Eve, Dr. Young, but I'm the green smoothie girl online and went all over the country, 450 cities for six years talking about green smoothies and just sort of easy way it is to get more greens in your diet and that, you know, do it your way. If you want to eat a giant plate of salad, I had this debate with a friend for several months and now she's on the green smoothie train. I'm like, yeah, if you want to eat a giant platter of greens with no dressing on it as a salad, because you don't want to drink your greens, that's fine with me. Are you doing it though? Are you doing it? So we juice around here. We do green smoothies. We love salads too, but I don't think that human beings are getting anywhere near the alkaline forming foods they need to, to be above 8.4. Like none of you are going to, none of you are going to pee on the little tiny piece of paper and get an 8.4, like almost none of you. Yeah. You have to, you have to be conscious about this and you, you have, you have to be proactive with it and greens will help build blood, but it won't alter the, uh, the pH. You have to do that with the way the stomach does and, and provide the foundational elements. So more salt, more water, more exercise. So carbon dioxide. More salt, not table salt, not NACL. Well, yeah, you want the best salts you can get. Not, you don't you don't want uh, you know to pick up any chemicals or something that's it's uh, been removed from a natural salt for the you know salts that I like are the Redmond salts. I like the uh, North Shore uh, Great Salt Lake salts, the inland salts. Uh, these are the ones that I recommend. Uh, I, I don't necessarily trust Himalayan salt or pink salt. You know, we found really? uh, that those tend to have uh, higher particulates of, of micro and nano uh, metallics in them, including including lead. So I I, uh, I I tend to move towards you know the Redmond salts and uh, the North Shore sea salts and the pure salts uh, at a thirty percent uh, solution. And so you you can look at that uh, as as you know, just literally bathing your cells in a material that they thrive in. That's why it feels so good to jump into the ocean because you're at an 8.4. That's the, that's what your cells want. You have mm-hmm. to you you have to decide whether you want to give them what they're really craving. And that's why people love swimming in the ocean because they're swimming in just like the cells in a macro sense uh, of 8.4 pH uh, in in the oceans. Unfortunately, a lot of the oceans are or you know, uh, toxic because of uh, various uh, uh, you know things that have happened in Fukushima and 
Chernobyl and other ways that have polluted a lot of our water supplies. But here again, the salt is there. You have to incorporate it. Uh, for someone who's approximately 70 kilos uh, or 154 pounds, you're looking at you know between 15 grams a day of salt. You know, uh, but when you start taking the the four salts, you know, you may be up to taking uh, for you know restoring the alkaline design of the body fluids. You may be taking up anywhere from uh, 20 to 30 grams of salt, and uh, so the body is starving. Not for food. Food just complicates things. And so if you're not willing to chew your food to a liquid state, then put it in a blender and blend it. So even salads are toxic. Broccoli is toxic if you don't liquefy it. You have to liquefy. Nuts and seeds are toxic. And the particulates, they just cause more congestion. You have to blend it. You have, And if you don't want to blend, then you got to chew. And if you want to spend 50% of your electron energy on chewing, then do it. That makes you feel good. But if you want to use the teeth of a blender, then blend it. So if you make a salad, you dress a salad, you put it in the blender, and you drink and chew your salads in a liquid state because the body cannot use solid food. That's why we have so much waste coming out of the back end. The body can only use liquid food at a pH of 8.4 to make healthy blood. And that's the bottom line. And, and, and when you realize that the stomach nor the small and large intestine digest food, and that everything that you eat will come out exactly the way that you swallowed it, you might as well just get a blender, get a juicer, and, and save the energy and enjoy life. Yeah, some people like that message and some people don't, but it's worked well, really well for me. Those people are dying of heart attacks. They're the ones getting the cancers. They're the ones that have diabetes. They're the ones that have inflammatory conditions. They're the ones that are sick and tired. If you're tired of being sick and tired, then you must be the change you want to see. You need yeah. to be the cure you want to see. Yeah. Nobody else can do it. It's personal responsibility. And if you're sick, those are the consequences of personal choices. And stop blaming it on some phantom virus that doesn't even exist or some germ that isn't only a fragment of cellular transformation from either animal, human, or plant sources. Germs do not cause disease. Lifestyle choices cause disease 99 and it's not even genetic because it's the epigenetics that triggers the genetics so if you don't keep the alkalinity correct then you're going to experience symptomologies and different expressions of those cells trying to, to trying to survive in a polluted environment so everyone i learned so much from dr robert o young over the years and he has been absolutely persecuted we didn't get into that but uh, his ideas are very non-mainstream. Uh, we did not get into, so we're going to have to do a part two. We did not get into what exactly is this virus and what's in those vaccines. He's tested them in a number of different ways, from electron microscope to vibration, whole bunch of different ways. I think maybe six, maybe seven different ways. So we'll have him back for a part two soon. I'll see you then. 